Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stacy Connects. I am Stacy Heller. This show is about making connections through conversation. It is about asking questions instead of making assumptions. And it is about engaging with the elephant in any room. Don't be afraid of elephants in the room. Like, they're there. They loom. You might as well acknowledge it. Uh, Whether you listen to the show live or later, I appreciate you listening. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I mean, you might as well. It would help me. And frankly, like, who doesn't want more of this in their life every week? It's been three years which we celebrated last year with my guest, Stacey Harris. And this week I had mentioned that I was going to be pre-recording and that my guest was going to be Dave Nelson. And here he is. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So glad that you're here. Uh, We're going to talk about what it is that you're doing. It's a switch from like what you had been doing. And I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, and because I'm pre-recording, I don't really have any observations because it hasn't happened yet. So, like, probably stuff happened. There may be an update on Percy that Eric could interject and, like, let people know what's going on. I mean, maybe maybe the cat was in the Kelsey Creek neighborhood. I don't know. This is so exciting. We're going to find out. But I, anyway. I am hoping for breaking news. Right? So I'll have you do, like, a little... <laughs> But in the meantime, uh, I will share a Staceyism because I didn't really last week. Um, And thinking about what it is that you do and reflecting on my show from last week, like my art is like my talking, right? So I'm constantly making a statement. And then a couple weeks ago, I went to see my sister-in-law Skye's art, and that is her statement. And for you, music is your statement. Yes, it is. It, it, <clears throat> yes, it is. Always has been. And uh, like you said earlier uh, at the beginning of the show, moving into making it more of a, a primary thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's it's an interesting thing, like this idea that following your passion. Uh, and the arts is that statement. And so encouraging people to, when you are listening or seeing something or enjoying whatever it is, just to really have that moment, um, either when you're consuming it, to understand that there's there's a statement there about how you feel in that moment, how you feel about things in general, whatever's going on. And the artist has found a way to capture it. And... Um, That's an amazing thing. And then, so whether you're the consumer or you're the person that's creating it, producing it, like, make more statements. We need to have more statements. More statements. And uh, I think uh, part of my journey in sort of realizing how this creativity comes out and what it means is a lot of times for the the people who consume it, Mm -hmm. who observe it or listen to it or experience it, it's not always going to be the same thing as when it was created. So it's a personal thing, right. how how people receive it and what they get out of it or what they think it means sometimes, unless, it, unless you've got a piece of art or something that's been created that says, this is for this purpose and this is for this reason, right. this is the inspiration. A lot of times you put something out there and people get what they get out of it. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's it's subjective and it is um, perspectacles. Like never has there been a better... Uh, argument for the concept of perspectacles. Like when you're looking at something, depending on what you're going through or how you're receiving it or whatever it is, like you may or may not like it. You may have a visceral reaction, whatever, like whatever's going on. I mean, I took art history in college and I remember uh, sort of joking with my teacher that when Picasso was going through his Cubist period, he did uh, nude descending a staircase. And I'm like, one could argue that he was like high on drugs and he was kind of tripping and that it was like this, like very scattered, like, 
like image that he got and he painted what he saw when he was tripping. And that's the thing with art. Like, you don't know. Like, if the person's not there, but in your case, you're here. Here I am. Yeah, here you are. Um, okay, so let's go like we did for the anniversary episode. Uh, we're going to get right into it and go back before we go forward. So, when I first came to know you, you and Stacy were uh, working your company, Lens Group Media, media production, doing those kinds of things, tech, always, always the audio guy. Um, you put the music together for the Wisdom from the Wardrobe uh, podcast, uh, which you can listen to on KKNW on Mondays at 12. Um, and for my podcast, I mean, for multiple podcasts that I have been a part of. Um, and so I always knew you were like the tech audio guy. I don't think I really appreciated the depth to which this was pulling at you. So go back. Tell me. Like, did you play band in school? Yeah, uh, exactly. No, I played saxophone in um, seventh grade, and then I quit because I didn't like the band director, and I didn't play. I didn't play in school uh, after seventh grade. Uh, I played in church, growing up as a kid, a ton. What instruments? Piano. Self-taught, or you took piano? No, lessons? I took piano lessons. Okay. All through school, uh, all through even even through high school, I took piano lessons. Okay. So I was always playing music uh, around it, but not part of the band at school or anything like that. I was not the AV nerd, the guy that ran the film projector. Yeah. Film, I know, or the VHS player. Yep. I was never that guy. Uh, so I think the tech part is just all of the years working in tech. Right. And all the music creation, audio stuff is all, it's all on computers now. There's mm -hmm. no tape, tape splicing and stuff like that. So the moving to the tech part and doing all that is the easy part. But I've been writing, writing and composing music since I was in sixth or seventh grade, probably. Okay, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Now, lyrics too. Just no. The music. No. Every I... time I write lyrics, it feels very <laughs> over over self serving, and it just sounds <laughs> really bad. So, like angsty teen poetry, because that's sort of Taylor Swift. By right. The way. Yeah, but I'm 52, so it's not going to come off quite right. So. All right, well. Yeah. So not a not a lyricist at all. Um, so you need your Bernie Toppin. Yeah, I need someone else to fill in the gap there. Yeah. So this is like a indeed ad posting right now for a lyricist, but <laughs> there you go. But composing music, sounds, feelings, emotions, um, grooves like the song for this show. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard it loud in my headset for quite a while since I made it. It's like mm -hmm. that's kind of a jam. Who made that? That's all right. Right? Yeah. That little thing at the front where it's like. Wham! I think uh, you said I done a few. I think I looked up before I came in here. I think at this station. Mm -hmm. I think six or seven different shows. Yeah. I had not realized that until prepping to come here. I'm sorry and you're welcome. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that's so interesting. So, okay, so many questions. So when you're writing music, I have this vision that you're sitting there at the piano or wherever you're sitting, and it's like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But then, like, how do you keep it going to write? Like, are you constantly writing it down so, like, you know how to write music? Or are you, like, fifth key from the left, fifth key from the left? Like, I mean, you have to know how to write all this down and, and like, transcribe it and keep it going. Or are you, like, a memory, that sounds good, now I'm going to go here and... Uh, uh, with the, I, I can write with my hand, um, but that's not how I write, right? Some pe Some people can just, like, hum it in their brain and write it out mm -hmm. uh on the computers you just play it with your hands right you maybe okay. maybe have a little drum beat or a click track or you just start from from scratch you play it and it basically records that moment and then you can keep working on it and changing it and then depending on how you're doing it on the computer you can even go back with the mouse and say i want that note to be moved up and down some some other place so okay. start out with a some idea some a cue that says I like this melody or like this groove or like this sound. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even just the sound. It's like, ooh, that's a new sound. It's a brand new sound. Inspires a whole new thing that kind of takes off. So there's no real like, oh, this is how I write a song or something right. else. But there's something that is a hook that sits by its own idea and then everything sort of blossoms on top of that. It was like when I watched the uh, the Beatles documentary. Yeah. And like watching them 
you know, sometimes just like play some of their old songs, like, and just like, oh, here we are. And sometimes just like, like doodling on the piano or whatever. And then things would come up and it's like fascinating. That show was awesome. It was great. Like, cause some of the, some of these well-known songs that you know, like that's when it was like, it just was birthed right there. Yep. In the middle of all this other chaos on the show. Totally. And it just somehow in the middle of all the chaos, they come up with some idea, maybe something they've been working on, and then two of them or the four of them all make it happen. It's fascinating. And, like, my art of talking is, like, performance art, right? So it's sort of like it's happening in the moment and then the moment is past. Whereas yours, you're creating it, working it, crafting it, you know, really bringing it together. So the discipline that that takes, I'm like, I'd be bored. So I'm fascinated with that whole process and that you have that ability. And then the way that, you know, music has changed and it hasn't, like the layers that uh, that you can add. You're like a one-man band with some of the music that you put out where I'm like, I know he doesn't play all those instruments. He can't play them at once. And all of the layering that happens and, and that kind of thing is fascinating to me. Yeah, you, you learn how to uh, put all of the instruments together. Like the, these instruments fit well in this fashion. You just have to spread out the notes a certain way to make sure they don't get all muddy. And then sometimes you break the rules and you make it muddy on purpose mm-hmm. or figure out like I never really knew how oboes worked in, in a piece. So I got to go figure that out and kind of. You need just a little more oboe. Yeah. Like a cowbell. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. But oboe. More cowbell. <laughs> exactly. Um. So when you're writing, are you doing it, uh, are your pieces about mood? Are you thinking about the end user experience? Are you writing for a specific, like, oh, like when I tasked you with, you know, the show and I said, uh, I talked about this last week, you know, salt and pepper and Kermit the Frog. Right. Like, you know, like, I a cre- it to like be... a creative brief, right? Exactly. So when it's, when it's a commissioned work, like in yep. that case, a lot of times I'll get, Sometimes it's like, I don't know, just make something and you come up with it and that's a long iterative process because, well, you're going to get something you don't like because well, you didn't give me anything. Right. But if you, if, like you said, Kermit the Frog meets Salt and Pepper, right? That's yep. a place to go and you can sort of imagine those two sounds going together. Then I don't know how many times you and I went around on that, probably two or three cycles. Yeah. Not here's, here's an idea. And you're like, I like that. Can we do a little bit more of this? So there's that's a more directive, and then there's other times, like I said, where it's like, I like the sound, right? And what does that sound lend itself to to do kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I have certain pieces where I know where the sound was, or the or the little hook, or the little groove, and it's the smallest part of the entire piece because it it evolved into this entire composition, this other creation sparked from one little piece. So interesting. So you never know. It could be mood, could be sound, could be uh, a, a feel or a, a tempo or uh, you talk talk a lot about sometimes you're just in the mood for counting to four, right? Which is a very standard way you have music. Yep. Other times you hear songs that are six, right? You count to six mm-hmm. instead of four. And that's a diff- completely different feel. It leads to all sorts of other sounds and instruments coming in. When you're thinking about this like so ultimately as a composer and a producer like it's great for you to have a whole catalog of music that you can play I think you'd like to have people use it listen to it experience it um and there's so many ways that music can be used these days everything from like I think about like the headspace or calm apps right um and you know commercials and you know, just as um, like some of the music that you've composed is kind of moody and dreamlike. So it's like it can be like that music that you're like you chill by um, or whatever it is. So do you think about how the music is going to be experienced or consumed or do you create the music and then it's like, oh, well, this might be good for. Uh, Sometimes. Sometimes music is very structural, right? It's a it's a it's a. You need it for the movie or the ad, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to provide a function that supports the dialogue or supports the emotion of the scene. Uh, other times, great stuff. I'm like, can I imagine this being a soundtrack to my road trip? 
while I'm driving out across Nevada? Mm-hmm. What would that What would that feel like to be listening to this as you're seeing and experience all this other stuff? Uh, it could go, and like I said at the top of this conversation, the way people experience it when they actually listen to it could be different than when I was imagining it when I wrote it. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's functional. Sometimes you need it to support some other structure of a narrative or a movie or a show. Other times it's, hey man, just it is what it is. And right. Yeah. Do you like the challenge of, we'll call it a commissioned piece? Like if somebody is looking for something, or like, do you like that creative brief? And then you're like, ooh, let me see what I can do. Or do you like your own creative brief where you're like, I'm going to do this? I need both, right? Sometimes it's like, I just want to do my own thing. Other times the creative brief, like, okay. Right now we have a challenge. We have a project, something to go. And then I, as soon as I get the creative brief, I immediately get stressed because, like, oh, maybe they won't like it. Well, <laughs> yeah. But that's also part of the thing too is you can go around and do this, create something, and it's like first time out immediately. I love it. Thanks. That's awesome. And other times you go around and you develop it with the person mm-hmm. who wants it, uh, and then you end up in a place where you both like it. And then sometimes it's just like I work out. Well, and so you, in the process, I end up creating something they didn't want. I may like it anyways as some other thing. Sure. It can be yeah. a springboard for something else. And you're like, great, I did something that I like and, you know, whatever. Um, I lost my train of thought. I was but gonna... but then when you do get something, and like like I said earlier, walk into here, put the headphones on, like, oh, I, rec- I recognize that song because <laughs> I wrote it. Right, <laughs> right. And now I now I remember I'm having the experience. Oh, I'm in the studio. I'm all set for this conversation. It's this tempo. And what do you think? Does, yeah, like did I think it, it fit? worked. Who wrote that? That's amazing. I right? love that. Yeah, like it fits the whole vibe of the show, right? Yeah, like it's it's. I mean, it's sort of snappy, like you know, salt and pepper and whatever. But it has and, the like it doesn't take itself too seriously, like Kermit the Frog. Right. And I, re- I recall, too, after a couple cycles of going through that song with you, uh, we were recording some other podcasts with you. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the of the session, I said, hey, I just need you to say, don't ask me to talk. And you just, off the top of your head, just said it, and I used it because I knew this we were working on the song together. Yep. Yeah. So awesome. that's super fun when the client gets what they want, and they love it, and they can use it, and it, it's, it meets the need and what, what was asked for. Now, I don't think I appreciate it. I watched an interview with Billie Eilish, um, and she was talking about how she and her brother, Phineas, um, who is also her collaborator and producer, like they would collect sounds. Um, you know, I think this, the interview about how they were in Australia, shout out to Stacey, Australia. Um, exactly. Oi, oi, oi. Um, and the... Um, the signs like for waiting for the to cross the road they liked the sound so yeah. they recorded it and they moved that into the music and that kind of thing um i was like that's so cool because i you know always think about traditional instruments and that being the layers of music that come in and so it suddenly opened up my mind to like oh like there's a musicality in everything i mean i think everything. about right like i think about when i'm banging the dish to try to get percy's attention and i'm doing it like ding 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 Yep. And the sound that it makes. And that's something that you seem to have a keen ear for, that's collecting a, uh, sounds. Yeah, so they call that sampling. You can just record any sound and you can just drop it into music. We watch TV at night on this like, sectional couch and I grate my big long arms over it. And sometimes I'll just move my hands and I'll hit the back and you can feel it when you're laying on the couch. You feel this low, mm-hmm. low energy. Just a couple of weeks ago, I got my mic out and I... Spent 10 minutes recording my hand on the back of the couch, and now it's part of the kick drum in this new piece that I'm working on. And it's completely unique, right? Right. It's, it's, it, there's no kick drum in the world that sounds exactly like that. Right. And so you can do that. You can bang on the, bang on the pots and pans and integrate all of that stuff into what's going on. And more than just, oh, here's the sound of the, of the pan being mm-hmm. banged on. Once you get that sound, you can stretch it out, slow it down. Pitch it up, pitch it down, add effects on top of it, all of that. I think um, Charlie Puth demonstrated that too. He was on um, with Jimmy Fallon yeah. and he recorded like him doing something with a coffee cup and, and did that. And I was like, 
man, like it gives you such an appreciation for like the nuances that go in. And, you know, like you see like, for instance, my sister-in-law's artwork and the detail and like the the shading and the choices that she's made and like her hand has touched, obviously, every single element is purposeful. Yeah. And with music, I don't think I ever really had that appreciation prior to like seeing some of these things and becoming more aware of it, which in a way I give you sort of credit for because seeing you and doing the things that you did and understanding how you were able to layer sounds and get a vibe of things, like you start paying attention. It's like when you learn a new word and you start hearing it. And so it's like, oh, so that's what he's doing. Like it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's super interesting. Like when you listen to music next time, next time anybody listening to this, hears a new, a song, much of those sounds are a hundred percent unique to that recording. Like you can't just go out and buy that instrument and have that exact sound. So sometimes it's like a piano, but every piano sounds a little bit different. Right. And then every inorganic sound, like a created sound, those are all going to be quite unique, uniquely made sounds that you can only exist on that recording. So right. there's this mix of having all of these sampled, you know, crunched up sounds that are, that are made uniquely, and then and then the authenticity of a sound that sounds exactly like a violin or a cello or right. something like that. And how you make a hybrid of all of these authentic sounds with these created sounds. And you're making stuff that anybody could make and nobody can make all at the same time. All right. I have more questions, but let's take a quick break here. And then I'm I'm going to bring up Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff. Great. All right, keep listening to Stacey Connects. Uh, my guest today is Dave Nelson. We'll be right back. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Stacy Connects. As I mentioned, my guest today is Dave Nelson. So I um, maybe stressed you out, I don't know, by bringing up Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff. So they have worked together, collaborated on several of her albums. And I bring it up because you're a composer and you're a producer. And so I think about that collaborative piece, right? So like making music, there's the music, there's the lyrics, if you have lyrics, and then like what the producer does. And so as the artist, it's like you create something and then when you're talking about like extending a note or like, oh, it needs a little more cowbell, um, you know, here, or it needs a little bit of this or that, um, like do you get into two different headspaces? Like... Uh, yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. As a producer, you got you have to make sure that you understand the the other part of the artist. 
you know, equation. Kind right. Because sometimes they're very confident, they know what's going on, and as a producer, you just sort of have ideas and just sort of help guide and direct. And there's other times where the producer will really get in there and start like, here, let's write this new part. Let's yep. have this whole other thing. There's a big hole here. Let's fix this. And encouraging the best performance out of the artist. Mm-hmm. So there's this mixture of making and writing and then also guiding and understanding personalities and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, you're kind of doing like, yes, you'll create commissioned pieces and do that kind of thing. And so with that, you've got that creative brief and you're, you know, making suggestions. Yes, as the composer, but especially as the producer to fit. But when you're doing your own thing, it's like this. I just have this vision of like this inner dialogue where it's like, okay, I did this. And then you listen back to it. And as you said, depending on how or when you experience it, like it changes. Yeah, no, like, yeah. do you have some inner, the, the, like... The producer in me, uh, almost every night before bed, right? Stacy's like, bedtime, let's go to bed. Great. I run downstairs to go over the five songs I've been working on for five weeks. I go, I go play them. And sometimes I get stuck and I end up working on them. But I have to go listen to listen to them frequently as I go to bed so I can sort of like, okay, that's where I left it. I can work out this situation like what is the thing that is not right and the producer me comes back the next morning like yep drums way too loud right like let's take this all down let's delete that and redo this or fix it kind of Uh thing and get it to where it needs to be and then other times you wake up in the morning like no sounds right it sounds exactly like it needs to be so Uh there's the producers sort of tweaking yep uh there's a one of a youtube's recent uh recreation albums right uh the joshua tree Oh, yeah. Th- that whole super long, it's like three CDs worth. Yep. There's, I think it's, still can't find what I'm looking for. There is one where Steve Lillywhite produced it. Okay. Which is not the one that made the radio. Uh, there are other producers, the one that had, who did that mix. And it's all the same recordings, the vocals and the guitars. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't new instruments, new voices. Right. It's the same stuff. But the producer has a different vision for that song, and that whole Joshua Tree album is very thick. Yeah, all the, all of the sounds are like it's like broad brush painted. Yep. It's lush and thick and heavy. And this other perfect one, perfect description. I listened to it when I was in high school in Maine. Yeah, and it was the soundtrack for my summer, and, and it was there's your soundtrack, and that was my soundtrack for that summer. And if you go listen to this album, and you find I think it's the Steve Lillywhite produced one. Okay, it sounds awesome. And it sounds like you instantly recognize it, and it's a completely different song that would not fit on the album. Fascinating. Because it's more percussive. Yeah. It's more driving. It's more chopped up kind of thing. It's all the same vocals. You hear it? That's the exact line. There's the little hook that he said in his voice, and there's the little guitar part. Yep. And it's all different. It all feels the same and different, but it wouldn't fit with the album that they come up with. So the producer has a big role in how all of those things get put together. Now- as the artist or composer, how's that with the ego? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you're like, well, that's not how I imagined it. And other times it's, I've written this thing. This producer has, has taken taken what I made. It's still the same thing and, and added their own thing to it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, you can get to a point where it's like, yeah, that's finished now. I, I couldn't have finished it myself doing that. So I needed that collaboration to make that happen. And then other times you learn that you don't want that producer working on your stuff anymore. <laughs> you're <laughs> because, like, you're fired. <laughs> because they're they're an artist too. Right. Well, yes. Right. And so maybe it, it fits with your whole thing and inspires you to do more things. Yep. Uh, YouTube is an example. Obviously, I'm dating myself. But they move in and out of different producers. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it. But they do, I, I suspect they do that on purpose. They're in a mood. They want this this mm-hmm. producer to come do their thing and add that that piece, but they all know how to work together. Well, I think more and more, uh, you know, I think about uh, Macklemore. Hey, Macklemore, someday you'll come on my show. And uh, like Ryan Lewis was producing his music. And like, it seems like more and more the producer seems to be side by side with the artist. Like there's some people yeah. where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they're heavily involved in the production of this. And as much of the artist as the artist is. So it seems like um, more and more that's happening. Um, okay. Another question for you that I forgot. 
I love that. Um, I wanted to understand, um, given the fact that you have embraced this later in your career, how's it been letting yourself be creative? Like, we're always all our own worst critic, right? Yeah. So have you been able to get out of your way? Did that take a little time? Like, did you do the metaphorical, like, the first 15, like, versions? You were like, do-do-do-do-do. Nope. Toss. Like. Uh, I think a lot of it, it's a, it's a, it's a musical journey, really. There's <clears throat> uh, a lot of uh, change and growth. Uh, for me, even recently, because been able to sort of always, obviously, been interested in writing and producing and creating, but most of it you just like I don't want to share this. I'm too self conscious, right? Or, or, and, or, and, or it's not good enough. Well, it goes what I talked about last week yep. with ego, right? Yep. Equal parts vanity and insecurity. And when you said that, that really, that really landed with me. So you said when you removed. What is it? The the ego yep. and the insecurities. Yep. Then your your creative side was able to flourish. Right, because it that, was closer to who you really are. Yeah, and that's exactly what I've had to do over the last couple of years is remove my insecurities. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's in, in, no one's going to like it. Right. Who cares? Or it's not good enough. Or right, like I, it'll break my ego down if it's not good enough and people don't you know don't right. respond to it. And as soon as you get those two things removed from the equation, then the pieces, the music, the creative, whatever it is, can exist on its own. Mm-hmm. And of course, technically, I can get better. Sure. And of course, you know, some people won't like it and some people will love it. But if you remove those things, the piece lives on its own and it can go out and be its own thing. And it's, it's freed me a lot to be able to just say, well, uh, I just wrote that and it's done. And move on to the next thing instead of being so worried about all of the other things that you can't control. I think about that with my desire to write a book. And I'm always, when I have taken the time to write something, I'm always thinking about like the person that's reading it at the end, which then inhibits my ability to actually say what I want to say because I'm like, oh, I need to be wittier. I need to have a better word versus just blah and letting it out. And, you know, and then going and figuring it out and being more nuanced. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a, sometimes you're, you're commissioned to write a piece or a book or something. And so you have to, you have to fill the need that's happening. Um, and other times you have to be able to, just to, this is what came out. Right. Right. And if you are trying to, oh, I'm going to write this so, so people will consume it and like it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write to consume. Uh, then you're you're losing the authenticity of who you are. Yeah, it taints it. Yep. And so you just got to be authentic. You just got to write. You got to write what you know, what you do, what you feel and let and let that be the guiding thing and eventually it will be air quotes good enough. Right. to go someplace and do something as it is. Now, I think that Eric has queued up some of your music. So, do you have it queued up? Yeah. Do we have a particular cut we want to start with? Oh, the first one. Awesome. Yeah, like three twenty, like three three minutes twenty seconds in ish. In okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So while he's finding that, uh, what is it about that particular moment? Like you know the exact moment that you're like, oh yeah, this is what I want to share. So why that? Uh, well, I think it's it's the fullest of of the album, right? Okay. It's. Uh, all the other stuff would take a long time to like, okay, you got to let it build and work out kind of thing. Okay. And if we're just, if we're just doing a quick hit, right. If this is What's the name of this track? Cause vi- I can't pronounce Vio-lixer. it. Violixer. Violixer. Yeah. There's a little violin going on and there's a mixolodian <laughs> mode scale in there. So yeah. All right, nice. here we go. Eric's shaking his head. I like it. It's good. Isn't that great? 
kind of got a little bit of an Enigma vibe. Oh, there's a yeah, there's a callback. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, all the vocals in there, the choir. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I hadn't even thought of Enigma. Well. And as soon as you said that, I know exactly what I know I have an idea where what you're hearing right. and all of that. Stuff. I'm not saying necessarily that was your inspiration, but just it's got something of a vibe like that, you know? Right. Yeah. And so and so something that I wrote, I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed my enigma in the past. And when you say that, I'm like, yes, I understand. Yeah, I know where that's coming from. Kind of well, thing. and it goes to the point that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode with, you know, how people like bringing their own perspectives to it mm-hmm. and how they listen to it versus what you've done to create it. Like, I mean, Eric is like Mr. Music over here. He's got a band that he's a part of. He writes music, he plays and sings and like, so he's been nodding his head along with this episode. Well, we've been working on getting our album mixed over the last, like, several months. So I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, and isn't, isn't that a whole process, different, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought we were done. Nope. Right? You just, you just started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, you totally know what he's talking about and and creating that. Like, great, you made the film or you made the music but then there's all those nuances and um what's interesting about your music is how atmospheric it is i like that word it's like i like i have stories in my head when i hear it where i'm like it's cinematic yes yes what he said that one too (laughs) Um, you're so smart. Uh, it is like I tell a story and, and it's like when the piano came in at the end, it was like, oh, it was like light dappling on the lake and like they had come through the forest and it was like, there it is. Like I had this whole, like, this is what's happening. It's fascinating. Awesome. But I, so I guess, I guess what you just, the two of you just did, you both had responses to what was going on. And honestly, that is the thing that I'm. I, I enjoy is something happened. Yeah. When you heard it. Totally. And it's completely different. And it's complete like the experience of consuming it is completely unique for every person as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's I think that's kind of amazing. Not you know, not that the music's amazing, but it's amazing that everyone has their own private experience. Oh, completely. I mean it's just such a like, you know, I, Eric and I have talked about about this when we were doing um, Don't Ask Me to Talk. We would we talked about like our top five albums and, you know, we've talked about music before. He knows far more than I do his the catalog of music in his brain. But like, you know, as I said, like you too, Joshua Tree specifically, like it takes me right back to a certain like time and place. And, you know, it isn't trite to say that music can be such a soundtrack to your life yeah i i used to i used to uh like oh maybe i should you know i'm in this magical place on some vacation kind of thing and i got my headphones on i'm listening to some other music and used to be like oh am i ruining this experience of this of this place because i'm listening to my favorite song right now right i've changed my mind and it's like no like i'm not ruining it in fact that is making my i'm making my own soundtrack so and like, so you hear these songs from when you were in high school, whatever, you're instantly turned, like, you know the feeling, you remember yeah. all these other things. Why not attach those soundtracks to different things that you're doing in your life every day? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, so you're suggesting that it's not wrong to listen to, like, like Wu-Tang Clan. No. Like, while you're sitting on the beach in Hawaii. Yeah. Like, they're not? not too random, like... No. Those well, are th- that that is a thing that's been created that somehow you enjoy, and why not enjoy that thing in another place that you're enjoying and experiencing? Well, and that's the mood that you're in. Yeah, like you know, so it is like there's the mood piece, and yeah. you know, and where it comes from. So where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, like, just you're like, I know, this sounds good. I I don't know, just just the world around me, going out running. Right, looking out my window and seeing the trees and all. Right now, all the co- all the trees are turning colors and stuff like that. And it doesn't mean like, oh, now I'm gonna write a song about trees, right? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well. But just the just the uh, emotions of 
where you're at and what's going on. It could be sitting in traffic. You can write a song about that, I suppose. Yes, you yeah. can. And I feel like you have written a song that would be perfect for that. Oh, yes. Under yeah. a different under a different artist name, though. Yeah, wow, yeah. look at you. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're allowed. Are we allowed to say the that word on the radio? Got your dump button ready? <laughs> yeah, cool. The sh- word. Oh, no, we're, we're not supposed to say so it. So the it word. So Yeah, it's a type of show, that's for sure. It's Yeah, yeah. which you had talked about doing this for a while, and then you actually did it. I did it. And it's amazing. And so when you feel like you're, when you put something up on social media, whatever it is, like Dave has made it available, that if you feel like something is an ish show, then you can find it. Yeah, just look, just look up the artist Nelly Palooza. That'll, that's the only song on that that artist has ever written. So uh, that's how you can find that. I like that. That yeah. artist is so it, one it, hit wonder. Yeah, and it, it is it is quite versatile. It, it covers the gamut from politics to trying to get your kid to school on time, to I traffic. Stu- I stub my traffic to I stub my toe on the on the coffee table chasing the cat last night. I know that's very specific. But, I know that seems very specific. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so check out Nelly Palooza on your social media platforms. Look for the audio, and you can put it with whatever's going on in your life that is a bit of an ish show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, let's take another quick break here, and then when we come back, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about. Excellent. We'll be right back with Stacy Connects. Have you ever considered working with an image consultant or stylist, but were worried about what the experience would be like? If that sounds like you, then Michael Bruce Image Consulting is here to help. They've worked with thousands of people, and many of those individuals have shared their experiences by way of style stories. Go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com slash style stories and check out what their delighted clients have to say about their experiences. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, did you like that intro back into the show? You're listening to Stacy Connects. You are in the right place. Uh, that is a original composition by Dave Nelson. And uh, share with people where they can find your music, by the way. DaveNelsonMusic.com. That's yeah. so hard. That should be pretty easy. Yeah. Are you on Spotify? Yes. Okay. All the major platforms. There yes. you go. Um, uh, there are a lot of Dave Nelsons out there. So it's DaveNelsonMusic.com is the best place. There's a trumpet player out of New York. I'm not him. No, he's a trombone player. I'm not him. There's a couple other Dave Nils bands. Uh, I'm not them as well. I'm just my own person. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a solo act at this point. Perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, beautiful. So, hey, listeners, go check it out. Um, so what is your, not like your end goal, like someday I want to be famous, but like let's just manifest what would you like to, where would you like to see your music? How would you like to see it consumed? Like, I Oh, mean, like uh, film and TV. That'd be, that'd be amazing, right? To see some of the cinema, cinematography that you see on a lot of up and coming film, film creators, and mm-hmm. even, you know, established ones as well. Uh, that's a hyper creative situation that these people are putting these visuals and storylines together. Uh, yeah, it'd be amazing to go in and hear some stuff like, oh, I recognize that. Oh, that's right. Have, like, I was, I'm a part of that kind of thing. Have you ever thought about taking a 
film either a scene or a short or something like that and taking away the original music that was done for it and creating your own yeah that's a common thing well, oh, is in, it? yeah I, I the composer so world smart. is a whole thing where people will like oh i just i just redid the audio on this this scene and sometimes there's competitions for that uh some some film creators actually actually ask for that hey just go ahead and do this and submit it and we'll see see what's going on on my website davenelsonmusic.com i have a couple videos i've created that go with the music i thought it was so smart i know i mean you, i am you are i mean um but there, there's videos where there's, I, I honestly, I think it's almost sometimes easier to share music where there's a visual element. It's super easy to say, hey, listen to my new song kind of thing. And you send it off to somebody and they're trying to get the kid just off to school and they're listening to it on their on their cell phone speaker with the window down and kids screaming in the back. They're not going to get the situation. Sometimes if you throw visual on it, mm-hmm. like on my website, you'll get to it helps people stop for that two minutes. Right. To, to engage the other sense. You're engaging multiple senses. Yeah. Classic to, ADHD yeah. trick. Um, because <laughs> part of my control and my letting things go, uh, read the book, The Creative Act by Rick Rubin, where he talks a lot about the, the art is its own thing and you have mm-hmm. to let it go. And once it's created, let it go kind of thing. I can't control, as the artist, how people consume it. Right. I can't control what they think, if they're going to like it or not, and I can't control, oh, you didn't get the right studio monitors in the sound dead room, and you cleared your, your deck and silenced all your phones. Right. And critically listened to the whole thing, because I want you to make sure you hear the, the smallest details. Not going to happen. Right. People are going to listen to it in the car with the window down, kids in the back kind of thing. Can't control it, but people are going to consume it however they consume it. Mm-hmm. So get a visual, I think, helps. People yeah. stop and listen well, to Well, yeah. and anchor. Yeah. I mean, which is... And it could be that, and I also found too that, right, like, I think it's pretty obvious, that same visual, you could go listen to that music we just came off the break. Mm-hmm. Very cinematic, right? Totally. Strings, orchestra, all of this kind of stuff. You could also put some death metal to the same imagery and it would somehow fit. Yeah. Right. It's just this intense, and some sort of emotional intensity that happens doesn't mean it's only good for one style of music or not kind of thing. Well, I'm thinking about like the Twilight movies. Yeah. And it's like you could change it and like have like make it the melodramatic like, yep. you know, I mean and it reminds me of like when they do the um the lip dubbing on something where something's happening and like they completely change what the words are. Like you don't really appreciate how like instrumental yeah there i said it like the auditory senses in terms of how we take things in exactly and it's like it and we're just we're feeling what we're feeling in part because of what the person created yeah yeah i like i like on youtube you can find people who go recut trailers Mm -hmm. like it will take a comedy and recut it as a like a horror movie oh nice yeah and, and it, you know, with the way they cut the scenes and the different music that they put on, all of a sudden Breaking Bad is now a comedy, right? It's turned it, it turned it into Malcolm in the Middle kind right. of thing, right? Which, which I think is either a prequel or the sequel to Breaking Bad. Right. Well. Yeah. But, right, the music, the imagery, all of that stuff, you can take a producer and have them redo it and it, com- it could completely change all the same source material. I think that's fascinating. I love it. Uh. Eric, I'm going to put you on the spot in our last couple minutes here. Sure. I mean, you've got another music guy here. Any questions that you have? What uh, What do you find is your favorite thing to get started with a track? Like, uh, I, I know you work with computers, so you're typically not starting with like an acoustic instrument, I would think, but maybe you do. Uh, I, well, on the album I just released, a lot of that is um, was working with new instruments like violins and cellos, like right? Not the actual instrument, yeah. Um, but on the computer, mm-hmm. and and having been a, I'm a piano player, so I can sit down on the piano and just smash my hands down and start making stuff. But to go get a new instrument that I'm not really accustomed to, you just play play one note, and there's a whole different sound, and it just they all sort of like spawn their own things. 
Uh, like I said, other times it's like, oh, I like that beat or I like this sound or whatever. But yeah. like Violixer, for instance, started out with just a violin uh, sound that I had. And learning how to control it and get the expression out of it led to all the other. So do you find when you switch to a different instrument that suggests another song? Maybe? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I also play guitar, but that is not my primary instrument. It's probably in like the... F- it, I would never pick up a guitar in front of anybody. <laughs> but to be able to to learn how to play all the chords on a guitar, right? it's all the same chords and the notes, but now I'm approaching it and I see it from mm-hmm. a different perspective. Just imagine the piano is all laid out left to right. It's linear, and a guitar is all squares and circles on the neck on the on the neck of the guitar. So it's just a different way of seeing it. Learning to play guitar helps me become a better piano player. Interesting. So any any other instrument that you learn, I think, helps you become better at your primary instrument. This is why I was told by Mr. Press, my fourth grade music teacher, that I should no longer play the French horn <laughs> because it all is so mathematical to me. And like, I mean, he was like, I think a French horn is a tough instrument to play. I've heard. Yeah. I thought it was like, so, I was like, oh, this thing's going to be so cool. Like, hello, I saw Peter and the Wolf and it's got like the thing and it, this is going to be great. Yeah. Exactly. And of course I was like, oh, I mean, nobody else is playing it. For a reason, folks. And yeah, Mr. Press was like, oh, Mrs. Emmerich, uh, we really feel like she should not be playing this anymore. And then it was like, well, what should she play? Actually, nothing. The microphone. Yeah, well, yeah. so anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so interesting to see how other creatives approach something. Like I said, like mine is more performance art. You know, Sky puts it out there on a canvas and paper, like you doing it the way that you do it. It just, it gives a better appreciation for um, how you can create things. And the fact that you now have really embraced it more at this point and stepped into it and like are like, let's do it. Let's I, see what happens. I feel like it's feeding me and hopefully it feeds other people. And I feel less like a poser and more like a composer. Oh, yeah, well, I like mean, that. I had that, I, mean, I had that one in the bay. Ready I'm to go. like, I mean, <laughs> I love it. where do you even go from here? Yeah. Except I think I thank you for being on the show. It was so great to have I you. I love being here. And I love I love that you used the song for the show, too. Of course. Yeah. Thank you always, Eric. And uh, I had a feeling maybe Dave is going to play us out. Yes, he will. All right. Check out DaveNelsonMusic.com. Thank you.